Well, greetings and bless the Lord, saints of God. We come to you before Cathedral Christian Church online podcast, as better known as Triple C Podcast, CCC. Tony here. We just bless you with the love of Jesus Christ. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to open the word of God once again. It is our desire, God, that you be glorified, that we be edified. And as I like to say through the years, may the devil be horrified because we have not stopped praising, worshiping, and studying, and preaching your gospel. Bless every listener today that they will receive something from this word. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, literally, we greet you in divine love this morning. Let's read the word of God. Little lengthy passage of scripture, but I pray that you will get the blessing from it. Psalm 51, 1 through 15, and I'll give you the topic. I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible. Should be a very familiar passage of scripture for many. If not, just take heed and hear what the word of God says. This is the Psalm of David, Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out mine transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that thine bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sin and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, that thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Last verse for today. O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Little lengthy and thank you for listening, but the topic for today is a very familiar passage of scripture, but along the way, we all need to have this to happen on our Christian journey. And this podcast is titled Restored Joy. Restored Joy. You probably say, well, preacher, why, why restore joy? Well, I don't know what you go through. I don't know all the things you have to endure. I don't know what God has allowed to come into your life yesterday, the day before, the week before, the month before, the year before. I don't know. I don't know where you are in the crisis of this pandemic with multiple variants manifesting. I don't know if you've physically gone back to the, your, your, your place of worship. I don't know if you're worshiping from home. I don't know if you're doing online media only because you're still trying to stay safe because you are a believer that the pandemic is still very much real. Even though we've all gotten boosted and gotten our vaccinations, people are still catching the virus. Things are happening. This new variant is moving faster, prayerfully not as devastating as the previous variants, but it's still real. Here's what I've often said, and as we walk and work and live and do what we do, we still are living in a world gone wild. 
It's a world, as I oftentimes say with some of my antics, uh, I am very serious when I'm preaching about the things of God and I'm very serious about this work that we do every day, but it's okay to be able to have a little laughter mixed in to the business of your day. That way you're not so staunch to the point that you become a staunch, dead, dry, and disconnected person, but you learn to what? Live. God wants you to live. I'm a firm believer that God wants you to live. So in the world in which we live going wild, I oftentimes say from the White House to our house, we've gone crazy. And there's all kinds of things happening. But here's the thing. There was a sermon preached many, many, many years ago, and I'm going to preach it one day. Is there any balm, B-A-L-M, in Gilead? What does that mean? Is there healing for Gilead? Is there healing for America? Is there healing for the church? Is there healing for your family? Is there healing for you? Like I said, I don't know everything. I'm not omniscient. I'm not all present. I'm not all knowing. I'm a sheep, but a teaching sheep, but a sheep that's susceptible of going through the turmoils, the treachery, the craziness of the day. Why? Because as a Christian, I've said this before, we are not exempt from having difficult days. We're not exempt from having a W-E-A-K day. We're not exempt from our money getting tight. We may make good money, but the world knows the more you make, the more you what? Spend. It happens. It's real. One of the things I believe that God has blessed Tanya and I is we've never ever tried to showcase or do anything to try to make somebody feel that we're some kind of way. We're just learning to live and enjoy the goodness of God. Amen. And that's what we try to instill in Monique and Taylor, our daughters, and the people that's around us. There's a couple of folks that's close enough to us that we know that we're just trying to what? Enjoy the goodness of God. Amen. And when you do that, you don't have to explain nothing to nobody. You just have to be. Amen. Now, let's get to the scriptures and get you out of here this morning. It's, let me just set the spiritual stage. And if you've ever heard the story, and if you haven't listened to it, this is a paraphrased version of it. This is a Psalm of David. This is after uh, Nathan, the prophet, Bathsheba's dad has come in unto him after uh, David saw Bathsheba from afar. David had her husband, Uriah. He was the leader of his army and he saw this black woman because that's what Bathsheba was, a black woman. He had Bathsheba in his sight and in his humanness. He said, I got to have her for myself. And what did he do? The, 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 the analytical mind, as I like to say, we start plotting and, and planning on how we can get what we want. That's what we do in the world. When I want it, I'm going to go for it. If I see it as want it, I'm going to try to do what I got to do to get it. He planned a coup to get his army. He sent uh, Uriah out in war and he had already given the secondary command to the troops to pull back so that Uriah would get hit by a barrage of weaponry. Took his life. He had Bathsheba for himself. Now, he committed adultery and murder, to paraphrase for some of you, to get not to make it a long story, but in doing that, now the prophet Nathan comes unto him and he realizes at this point, this is where we're going to start where God gave me a few things. This is where David realized at this point, after committing adultery and murder, I'll call it this, he had a Bathsheba entanglement. And when being he and Bathsheba had an entanglement, God began to go to work on his heart. 
At this point, this is where David says he need to have personal church with God. Hopefully that sinks in with somebody. Maybe you're a spiritual David today and you need to have personal church with God. Maybe you don't need to be in a crowd of folks bucking, flipping and spitting and doing all kinds of things. Maybe you need to get to the personal church of God and get before the Lord and seek his what grace and mercy. So in the scripture reading, my key verse for today is verse number 12 is the key verse, but I'm going to paraphrase the others, hopefully to give you some biblical spiritual nuggets that will help you to be refurbished, rekindled, renewed, and refreshed and ready to continue on your journey. Amen. So when we look at the word of God, the first thing in verses one and two, verses one and two, and I'm not going to break them all down, but just a few of them. God said, and this is what David said through the writings. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness and according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out mine transgressions. Verse two says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. The Bible said in the book of Galatians, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, meaning that in your humanness, in your humanity, you can never achieve spiritual success by yourself. When you're human, you're subject to not crossing every T nor dotting every I. In your humanity, you're not going to see biblical things through earthly lenses. As a Christian, you must rely on the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit to get the epiphany, I'll call it, the voila, aha moment of God's mystery, which we call his word. He says it this way. He said, here's the first thing God said. Don't you be remiss in asking God for mercy and grace. That spiritual Spiritual nourishment, that spiritual washing that every last one of us need. To sum it up in one word, don't you ever be afraid to repent when you make mistakes. Repentance is not a one-time thing. Yeah, we repented at the point of you should have when you said you wanted to accept Jesus Christ and become a child of God. You repented for what you've done, who you are, what you've done in life. But that doesn't mean you do it once and once only. That means repentance is the first step of getting God's grace and mercy that you can't pay for, that you can't tithe your way into. You can't labor in the church for God's grace and mercy. It's because according to John 3, 16, that God said, for he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's grace and mercy. You can't buy your way in. So what? You the greatest donor in the church. So what? You got your name on a pew. So what? You got your name on a brick. Guess what? There's going to be a lot of bricklayers that open their eyes up in hell. There's going to be a lot of folks that were plank owners, as we call it, in their church. Their family is the founding member of that church. Well, guess what? If all that church building means because you got honor, because your name is engraved somewhere, but your heart never got converted, guess what? Where you're going to open your eyes, sir. Guess where you're going to open your eyes, ma'am. The Bible says if you've not converted your heart and accepted Jesus Christ and your Lord and Savior, hell where your soul reside. Help me, Holy Ghost. So the first thing is ask God for mercy and grace. That's spiritual washing. Everybody should take a bath or a shower every day. Hello, Holy Ghost. 
It's okay to ask God when you wake up in the morning, as I often say in one of my analogies, when your eyes hit the ceiling and your feet hit the floor, what's wrong with asking God to wash me today, God, so that you and I, the majority, can handle whatever comes my way today? Amen. Not trying to repeat yesterday. I just want to live in today and enjoy God today. Learn from yesterday, not go back and repeat the cycle, not have a Groundhog's Day where every time I wake up it's the same day. I want to learn from it so I can learn to enjoy God and move forward. So the first thing, child of God, ask God for grace and mercy. The second thing is this. Acknowledge who and what you are. What do you mean? For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. David said he knew that he had done wrong. He allowed his flesh to override his spirit. How many times have you allowed your flesh to override your spirit? Every last one of us, if we told the church truth, have allowed our human spirit to override our spiritual spirit. If you tell the truth and don't test a lie, you will tell God that you know you have sinned and come short of his glory. You know that you haven't dotted every spiritual eye across every spiritual T. You realize that you understand that you are what? A sinner saved by grace. I said it in John 3, 16. So the first thing is ask God for mercy and grace. The second thing, just acknowledge who you are so that you can know and become whose you should be. When you acknowledge who you are, you will feel this way. It's burden-removing, yoke-destroying confession that you will realize that you ain't got to justify to no man in this earth. But when you come before the throne of grace, the throne of God, you become before the presence of the Almighty and you relinquish who you are or who you desire no longer to be. You are now open to your transformation, child of God. The third thing is this. Verse 10, let's move down the other, I'll paraphrase. Verse 10 says it this, after acknowledging who you are and whose you are, you realize that you're a sinner that needs to be saved by grace. Create, this is what David did. After realizing all he had done, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Let's let that sink in for just a minute. He said this, this is the third thing. Ask God to create a clean heart, to refurbish, to reduce, and to make over. Not just the human heart. It's not the heart that you think of that I'm speaking. I'm not talking about the, the atrial article, article uh, instrument that God has allowed to be created to pump blood through your body. I'm talking about the inner workings of the spirit man in your heart. That you're asking God to create a clean heart. That means to whitewash it. Whitewash means to wipe all the crud, the crap, the nastiness that the world can see. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spiritual washing that the world can't see humanly. I'm talking about only what God can see. You can try to judge me, but you don't know my heart. God is the only one that knows my heart. David said it. He realized it and said, created me a clean heart, O God. And then he says, and renew a right spirit within me. That meant to renew means to what? Put back. That meant somewhere along the way, he was in right standing with God. He was doing his human possible best to live out a Christian life. I know I'm talking to somebody this morning. You've been striving to treat your neighbor right. You've been striving to give when God tell you to give. You're striving not to lie when you don't want to lie. You strive not to be angry and be mad. You're trying to do what the book of James said. Slow to anger, quick to listen, slow to wrath. You're trying to do all those things. Even when the end 
enemy come upon you, you're trying not to stumble and fall. You're trying to keep your spiritual balance, but yet you feel like sometimes you just can't hold on. You feel like you just want to give up and beat the ever-living crap out of somebody. You feel like you just want to put your human hands and choke somebody to death because they've worked your last nerve. Maybe I'm talking to somebody today. That's you, you saying, God, here it is. This boy done talked, he done touched my soul this morning because something he said is talking to me. You're a David this morning. You're David right there in the midst of whatever your catastrophe is. You're the David right now. You've been struggling all week long. You feel like you've got to press your way through every day. You seem like every day you try to get up and get on your grind. It seems like something's holding you back or drawing the life out of you. Your mind is forever flooded with all the things that life will throw at you and you can't compartmentalize it, I'll call it. You're trying to put it in perspective and it's just jumbumbled in your mind. It's all kinds of things just rattling your psyche. And you've got to come before God. God's giving you a way out. But you got to come before him. You don't knock on everybody's door in your neighborhood. I'm, analog I'm an analogizing now. You don't call all your family members and your friends. Everybody wouldn't pick up because they all busy. And you find yourself seeking and you looking. And ain't nobody around. You realize your mama done died. Your daddy done died. Your papa, your grandma, your big mama. They done all gone away and gone on to be with the Lord. Amen. Prayerfully. In that way. And here you are. You feel like you all alone. You got all kind of people still alive that's in your life. But at the moment, they're nowhere to be present. They're nowhere to be found. You look around and you're calling and tears is coming down your face. You're struggling and you're straining and you're trying to get to Jesus. You feel like the woman with the issue of blood. You've been bleeding all the problems for 12 years in your life and you crawling, trying to get through the crowd to get to God, to get some refresher, to get revived, to get renewed. And here you are. It seemed like you, you, can, you, you can't hold on much longer. You trying to get through and you're struggling to stand. And you're asking God and you've got tears coming down your eyes. And your money done got funny. Your children acting crazy. Your husband done messed you up and got all kind of stupid ways. And you before God and said, Lord, I need something to happen right now. And all he's saying is God in verse 10, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He says this, cast me not away from thy presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. You know you've been struggling, baby. You know you've been going through. You done been in church all your life. You remember when you was a youth and from a child, they drug you to church and all of a sudden in your teenage years, you realize you really want to get serious about this Christian thing. And you've been walking all these years and you've been striving to get to know God. You look at the word and you say, I don't understand the wherefores and the thou art twos and all those things. But then come along a preacher and say, don't worry about that. You seek the presence of God. You ask the Holy Spirit to give you translation and revelation and give you God's word. He will break it down to you in your own ability to understand the way it's written. The Holy Spirit has a way from going, as I like to say, from 8 to 80 blind, crippled, and crazy. God has a way of letting his word cut through the chase, give you an uncut, unfiltered, unadulterated, and no chaser, give you what you need. And when he gives you what you need, it's up on you whether you want to drink this spiritual Kool-Aid. It's up on you whether you want to eat at this buffet table. 
It's up under you if you want to take your spiritual napkin, your spiritual fork, and your spiritual knife and dive into the place that God says, I have prepared a table before you in the presence of my enemies, or do you want to keep making them your enemy? See, when you learn that the people you think has given you problems, who are they? Let me drop some in your spirit while I'm walking by your street. Don't let them people become a factor in your life. You learn to give them over to God. Now, that don't mean. Now, give me, hit me real closely. That does not mean that you ain't got to check some folks sometime. That don't mean that you ain't got to tell and tell people the truth and tell them what you need them to understand. You've got to do what you got to do. I had to learn a lesson this week. I learned some things. People have to do what they believe they got to do. But then you've got to learn to give that situation over to God and walk away. And realize why you do what you do. I've had to learn through a many a work week over the 23 years of being in Millington, Tennessee, that I got to realize there's things that I can't change. And the things that I can't change, I got to quit worrying myself over them, quit trying to fight my way to get heard, trying to fight my way to be understood, trying to fight my way to let somebody know I'm not a dumb dumb in your presence, quit trying to fight my way, trying to tell you I know the truth and the truth I'm walking in. Here's what I'm going to drop some in your spirit. And I'm going to move on to the last point and we'll close. Here's one thing I try to tell people at work that work with me and for me now, amen, that if you know the technical truth, the technical truth will always stand. If somebody asks you a truth and you tell them the truth, they can ask you the same question every day for a hundred days and if you're telling the truth, that truth will never change. But baby, when you lie sometimes, that thing gets furbished and you got to keep doing what you got to do to make it seem appalling and a pleasing. God is saying he's got you. Here it is. You've been on your journey. All your joy. You remember this? I'll give you one analogy and I'll move on. Your gas hand. When you get enough money to meet the $4.50 plus cents a gallon and you fill your vehicle up and now your gas hands on F. And as you drive throughout the course of your week, you watch it knowing the price of gas and you watch it go back to the left. That's you every day. When you get before God, he renews and refills your spiritual gas tank. And you're not on full. You got pep in your step. You got some ounce in your bounce. You got some joy that the world can't give and some joy that the world can't take away. But you find that while you're riding on high in joy, when you're riding before the Lord, you're excited. Everything excites you with the Lord, but the world is challenging you. The world is calling you to get tired. You find that your gas hand is going back to the left. You find that your tank is becoming spiritually empty and along the way, you need God to what? Restore your spiritual gas tank. Hopefully that analogy sinks in with somebody. And this is where we close this morning. I hope I'm helping somebody along the way. Verse 12 and 13, he said that this way, and this is the key verse for today. After all the confession, after all before the presence of God, after realizing and acknowledging he's a sinner, he realized that he had committed adultery and murder. He realized that he had been doing wrong all this time. He said this after asking him to create a clean heart, to renew a right spirit, wash me, make me thoroughly clean. Then he says what? Restore unto me the joy 
of thy salvation and uphold with me thy free spirit. When you ask God to put back the joy, now I can get you to remember at the very point that you decided to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. It's something about being a new Christian. It's like every time you open the book, you get excited. Every time you hear the word of God, you get overjoyed. Every time you hear a gospel song in your own flavor of music genre, I'm talking to 8 to 80 blind, crippling, crazy. When you realize that you hear something that shows you that you've given your heart over to God, it's an undescribable type of joy joy and exuberance in the Lord. You feel like you're lighter than the feather. That newness of being a Christian is about being on fire for the Lord. You can't get enough of God's word. You can't get enough of praise. You can't get enough of dance. You can't get enough of the joy. But along comes life and life comes in like a mighty rushing wind and you find that that joy is a fire that's a raging inferno and if you're not careful, baby, that fire will become a flicker and a flame. And in life, you will find yourself, when you heard the words, you got excited. But now you realize you done sat under some lying preachers. You done sat with some okey-doke, some wolves in sheep clothing. You find that you got closer to church folk than you really wanted to. And you found out some reality that not everybody talk about heaven is going to heaven. You realize sometimes that those jokers in the choir is just as hellish in the choir as they are out of the choir. You find that you see folk doing things that don't lie up with the word of God and you get excited, then you lose your joy. Let me just come in right now as I close and tell you this. You've got to do what David said. You've got to ask the Lord to restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then he said, what? When you do that, this is what I'll do. I'll close by saying it this way. The last one is restore God's joy. Ask God to restore God's joy of salvation for your journey. You're not done yet. Don't you give up, child of God. Your grandbabies need your mentorship. The people that you get into their presence, they need to see God in you. They've got to understand that God is real. They've seen enough fakers. They've seen enough phonies. They've seen enough wolves in sheep clothing. They've seen enough folk who perpetrate and act like church when they're called on. They're looking for some folks when you buy your stuff. You know that you're a sinner saved by grace. You know that you don't cross every T or dot every I. You know that you need God. God's grace and mercy, and God loves it because when you real with God, God is real with you. When you let folks know, don't you put Tony up on no pedestal. You better understand. You better look past Tony and get to God. You better look past your preacher and get to God. Look past your deacon and get to God. Don't you let that congressman be your God. Don't you let that president be your God. Don't you let that judge become your God. You better look to the hills from which cometh your help and know that God capital G is your God and God restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and when God restores that salvation and gives you joy back you will find baby that you can close the book you will find that you will have a dance that can't nobody understand when you got the joy of the Lord is your strength you ain't got to hear no earthly music because the music of God is on the inside of you have you ever been walking and did just a little dance have you ever stepped back and walked around and realize if it had not been for God, where oh where would I be? Is that you? Have you ever took back and realized that God had not been for God? You'd have been dead and on your way to hell. But now you know if it had not been for God, I could see clearly now the rain is gone. 
The rain of the world is gone, even though it's still raining, but I'm covered and I'm dry. Even though people amass around me and don't like me because they don't even know me, I still walk in a joy that I ain't got to explain no more. I walk in such a way that I go to work understanding. When I get into the building today, and I tell y'all the truth, when I walk in the building every day, I ask God to give me favor every place my foot tread upon, that no matter what comes against me, you and I, God, can handle it. God, restore unto me the joy of thyself salvation and renew within me a right spirit. And I promise you, I'll tell somebody I love you. I promise you, I'll sing your praise. I'll tell somebody, if it had not been for the Lord in my life, oh, where and where would I be? I'll tell somebody, God, I've got a joy that the world can't give. It's a joy that the world can't take away. God, thank you for restoring my joy. Thank you for creating me a clean heart. Thank you for renew the right spirit within me. Thank you, God. I was almost about to give up, but I felt the unction of the Holy Ghost that gave me a spark and that spark became a flicker and that flicker became a flame and that flame became a fire and that fire became an embracing inferno and God, I'm back again. And now God said, that's my child. I gave it to you and I'll never take it away. Walk in it for the rest of your life and watch me work. I pray that you get a blessing out of this podcast today. Restored joy. Subtle song that Richard Smallwood sang. And we close this morning by prayer. And I want you to hear it as God closes us out. Father, in the name of Jesus, as excited as I am, I do understand that in life we get difficult days and we get tired. And Lord, we need you to help us. We need you to work with us. We need you to control what the world's trying to do to me. And I need you to restore me, God, because I'm so tired. God, I'm crying. I'm hurting. I'm, I'm just messed up. God, I need you. I need you to help me, Lord. And you got to call on me. God, God, just call my name. Bless somebody today in the name of Jesus that they can get a blessing out of today's Triple C podcast. Be blessed until the next time. Tony. Cathedral Christian Church Online Podcast, CCC, signing off. Be blessed. Until the next time we're together again, God bless you. Shadow